0: Welcome everybody to Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios. This is a little bit of a bonus show. We're going to go bi-weekly during the majors as much as we can. So we're recording this Monday. It's been about three and a half days since our last show. A lot to talk about. Joined now on the show by the guy you've seen his tennis picks on his Patreon account on Boardroom Action Network, a tennis betting analyst, and a self-described hater in a lot of ways, Kenny Ducey, coming back to the program. Kenny, thanks for joining the show.
1: Thanks for having me, especially since I'm a hater. No, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, but sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I am a hater on Twitter. So, but that, but, but that's said, yeah. I think my that puts more credence into when I say someone's good. Like sometimes I completely flip the page on someone. I'm like, you know what, this guy's that's this the guy's point playing pretty well.
0: That's the yeah. point. That's the point I want to make. The
1: master plan because
0: yeah. you're not stuck in absolutely putting this guy down or putting this girl down. You will admit when hey, and we've all been there. I did not expect this player to be. We're seeing it in this Australian Open players that have taken the leap, some quicker than others, some r- literally right away, others it's taken some years. Uh, so much to talk about uh, in the last couple of days in particular. We're into the quarterfinal stage as we record this. Quarterfinal matches taking off uh, tonight or tomorrow if you're in Australia. I think the first area to attack on the men's side is just American men's takeover. After the Australian Open, there will be 10 men in the top 50, an insane number and this tournament in particular. Kenny, when you break down everything, it's it's startling to see. A couple of names we're going to get to. We have three quarterfinalists, one guaranteed semifinalist, But it's the men that are doing it. And it's also the fact that it's not the mainstays of the last couple of years. It's not John Isner, Ryo Pelka, Taylor Fritz, or Francis Tiafo in this tournament. It's Ben Shelton, Sebi Korda, Tommy Paul, and, and a countless others that made fourth round runs and won a couple matches as well. So the American men's takeover, I know we're biased, but... It's been great to see on the men's side that the stars and stripes have been performing.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And and I think what you said is, the, is the biggest point, right? Is that finally we have more names like Sebastian <laughs> Korda and Ben Shelton coming to the forefront and frankly, Tommy Paul, who is the favorite to reach the semifinal in that match. Like, we heard for months and months and months about Taylor, even, even without a good performance at the U.S. Open. We've been hearing about Taylor. Uh, people are getting excited about Taylor, and I'm getting DMs about, oh, uh, you know, my, I have a Taylor Fritz outright for the Australian Open. I have a Francis Tiapa outright for the U.S. Open. Can he, you know, can he beat Djokovic? Can he be, like, hmm. the hype machine is off the rails with these guys. And, you know, deservedly so, Taylor winning Indian Wells, becoming a top-ten player, France mm-hmm. is going to the semis to the U.S. Open. But, yeah, the, you know, now there's, we're seeing that there's more than just, like, a couple. Of faces, and I'm excited for when Riley does come back. And, yeah. and Riley was a Masters 1000 finalist uh, yeah. when he was healthy last, and you know it, he'll he'll put his hat in the ring. And yeah. again, Tommy doing it, but. Yeah, th- that's that's the cool thing. And and JJ Wolf, who lost to Ben Shelton, mm-hmm. uh, there are so many guys that are going to be top fifty mainstays to me, or can be top fifty mainstays with their talent. And now we're we're starting to learn who more of them are, and you know whether or not they're on national TV is a different story. But uh, mm-hmm. the bottom line is they are playing in big matches, and two of them will be playing in a quarterfinal, uh, and then one of them will be playing in another quarterfinal. So that's that that's going to draw people's attention and people are going to people are already hearing about ben shelton who is this guy uh smashing corda as well so mm-hmm. it's nice to make some new stars and i think this next crop which we can get into it could be more impressive could could reach higher heights reach greater heights so, yeah. than the current crop which it, is crazy to say because like the current crop's only 24 25 yeah but Corda and Shelton could be could be big time players at Grand Slams, especially when Novak is gone.
0: So we'll have to break down there. And one being it's really hard to separate them as a different crop because they're all so close in age, right? So generationally it's going to be fun. I think they're all going to be competing together, and that's the goal, right? These three, plus Fritz and and Tiafo making runs. Uh, I guess we can start with Ben Shelton, who in his second main draw appearance, first little literally first tennis trip outside the States, he's in Australia and he's into the quarterfinals, and he did it the hard way. Now, I know he didn't beat seeded players to get there, but he won five set matches. He beat Popper in an Aussie favorite who had taken out Fritz in kind of a road game. He, again, beat J.J. Wolf in a very physical, very hard-fought match on John Kane Arena last night, and he's, he's dynamic, man. There's no other way to say it. When you watch him play, you see exactly the flair that that kind of gets himself going, the, the plays he can make his serve, and just a couple serving stats before I let you go here. He hit 140 on the gun last night. He averaged about 122, and he got 68% of his first serves in. So 23 aces the one double fault. Shout out to Amy Wundy on Twitter for those stats. The fact being that he could go even bigger. I mean, I think that's what I'm, I'm seeing is the serve's impressive, and yet I don't even think he's scratched the surface of his, po- of his full potential. This kid's a player. He's good for the game, all that said. But there is still room to grow, and that might be the scariest thing for the
1: tour. Yeah, I think, I think he is him. I really do. I mean, I, you know, it's weird because like you said, you know, and, and it's sort of funny to say he took the hard road because he didn't really uh, the opponents that he's beaten, Zhang Jari, Popran and JJ, like, they all had impressive months, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. Jari, impressive run through the qualifying. Pop in a nice win. He's obviously got talent. And like you said, it was a hostile environment. JJ um, is, is playing well as well. But like, you know, and, and Zheng's no, no slouch. But also, I'm trying to temper my excitement. Because I am very excited about the future of Ben Shelton. But I'm also worried about this match against Tommy yeah. Paul. Because I think this is... Far and away, like he really? is like five times better than any of the guys that he's yeah. faced. Uh, but like, with you know, w- w- with that said. He came. He, he's now won 20 of his last 22 matches, uh, mm-hmm. dating back to his ridiculous run, ripping through three straight challengers at the end of last year. And across all levels, he's now 45 and 13 over the last two seasons. This guy just knows how to win. Shout out to Alex Kovacevic, which is like w- weirdly one of the guys who knows how to beat him. Uh, and maybe <laughs> yeah. he could join uh, the top 100 pretty yeah. soon. That's another young American from from right here in New York City. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's definitely... It's it's fun watching him play. As you said, he's got great energy. And I think the serve can get ev- even better. But like, you know, just last night, I, I think that you know, there were some concerns about his returning early on in the tournament. And like, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what, what exactly is this kid's rally tolerance? Like, is he going to be able to be a real player? Is he going to be a bot? Like, you know, what is it? You know, and, and we saw that early in Taylor Pritz's career, frankly, like just going for huge shots, missing them. Yeah. But Ben seems to be a, a lot more refined early than a lot of these other exciting young yeah. American talents with the big serve, the big forehand are. And the, the competition level is fantastic. And we saw that against JJ coming back from... From from uh, two sets to one down, uh, you know, just just outlasting him in some rallies. I know JJ also has the tendency to get a little wild on his ground strokes, but I, I mean that was a pretty. Uh, a pretty tough guy from the baseline to beat and Ben Go. was hitting the ball right through him. And uh, you know, I, again, it's just something to be said for the intangibles that we always talk about. Right. We talked about that with Jensen Brooksby and he does have those intangibles, but he doesn't have the physical gifts, right? He's just going to outwork everybody on the court. Ben has those intangibles. He is a winner. He is a guy that just, just continues to compete. looks like he loves playing the game of tennis, which is so right. fun to see, right. but then he mixes that with this ridiculous forehand, this ridiculous serve. And you, you really see, and I mean, the shout out to his backhand as well was crushing that cross court to create some problems against JJ really you can see like how this kid could be a top five player one day it's crazy
0: very cerebral had some lobs in there and I guess just wanted to clarify I mean the the hard road not being the path but the matches he took and you could say that it wasn't his best played and you know, he had to battle out there. Wolf was a gamer, and that was, you know, a good run in his own regard to kind of get. But to the didn't get
1: broken once against Wolf. And the other thing I want to point out too is with the with the five sets. You know, obviously um, going to the tie break with Zhang, and then last year I believe he lost. He won a five setter, and then lost a five setter mm-hmm. at the Australian or the U.S. Open, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, or no, sorry, he lost that five setter to mm-hmm. Nuno Borges. But yeah. I, the, the the crazy thing here that I also want to say before we move on to other mm-hmm. things, because we could talk about Angel yeah, for 20 minutes, yeah. also. You know, we saw the fitness concerns with Gens. And and sometimes in five set matches we've seen the fitness concerns with the younger players and JJ was was getting treatment in the fifth set. There's no concerns about Ben's fitness, which is another crazy thing. Holger you know, a guy who just yeah. lost in five sets. That's a guy who early in his career, right, would dealing you, with cramps. Would you say these Jack Americans,
0: Reaper. like the the other two that we're going to get to, it's it's kind of the common theme. They're pretty different, but I don't have concerns with Sebby's fitness. I definitely don't have concerns with Tommy Paul's fitness
1: well yeah i mean Tom, tommy's yeah. a tommy can can yeah. run for can days, help. right he's up there with cam Norrie yeah. in terms of the tours elite but yeah i mean that's that's crazy to say about i mean sebi's been on tour for you know almost three years now right because it was like what late 2020 french open so oh yeah i mean I, he's got the he's got the experience at this point and then mm-hmm. fr- frankly, jensen as well i know jensen kind of bailed out of the the u.s open or the australian open here but like has played so many five set matches like Mm -hmm. it is crazy like we take that for granted that a guy is able to do that early but you know like i said look at you look at hogaruna you look at jack draper our friend there are plenty of people who uh, are just have a ton Mm -hmm. of talent but just they don't know how to play four or five hours i know that this was a quick match too and that's part of the beauty of ben is that he plays Mm -hmm. such quick points uh just pulls the trigger really quickly uh going for a forehand winner and can hit him a lot of times But yeah, I mean, that's, that's exciting, right? Like you're going, you're going into this, the semifinal with Tommy Paul uh, or quarterfinal rather, and no one is like, Oh, what's he going to have left in the tank? Like, is he going to be able to back that up? Like everyone just knows that he's going to bring his A game because he he looks fit and he looks fine. Um, And that is another feather in his cap right now.
0: So he's playing Tommy Paul, as you mentioned it. And uh, that is a harder road travel in terms of who he's beaten and how he's gotten here. Beating Roberto Batista Goot in four sets. Also wanted to point out, what's with all the what's with all the wet cord match points that we've been seeing? Had Ruben, he had Rublev, Runa. You didn't see know. that one. That's <laughs> yeah. a,
1: that's a, that's uh yeah. But there's been a lot, right? Yeah. There's like, Tommy what Murray pa- had one too, right? Murray had didn't one he? against
0: Berrettini. Yeah. Tommy Paul last night against RBA, and uh, obviously Rublev and Runa, which was uh, the the drop to your back celebration and then apologize, which was a new twist on it. But Tommy Paul is legit, and what Tommy Paul's been doing. Uh, fitness wise we mentioned maybe the best pure athlete in terms of stamina and cardio of the bunch and his style is just so aesthetically pleasing I just I love his the process of becoming a tennis player for him in particular because while we want instant success and it's great to have a guy like Ben Shelton that comes and takes the game by storm I mean Paul's a reminder that tennis is hard it's hard to get to the elite level it's taken him years to get to this point still just 25 years old and is built to go five sets so Again, great match, great performance by Tommy Paul. He's rounding into form. He dismantled Brooksby. He goes through RBA, and now he's got a chance for already on the biggest run of his life to get to a major semifinal. When let's be honest, Kenny, people had written him off as not really a contender in this generation. He might break through to the semis.
1: You're absolutely right. And I remember, you know, the path that he took here, as you mentioned, was a winding one. And you know, I remember watching him play challengers in 2019, right? And it was just like he, he knew that he was too good to be there. And, you know, he, he would just at times would lose his focus and just like, you know, I wouldn't say he was messing around, but uh, it was hard for him. Like it was, you know, he's always been a guy and that's, that's, that reputation has followed him that, Oh, you know, he didn't take tennis seriously for a while, had all the talent in the world. Um, You know, obviously one, one junior Roland Garros, but you know, I, I guess who cares, but you know, he's been, he's really, Put it all together over the last two years and quietly, I mean, you know, very quietly has become one of the best Americans in the world at, at playing tennis and like doesn't get that credit. And I think he will now if he's able to make the semis. But, you know, I think the biggest thing with him is he's just turned up the aggression level. And that's that's something we've seen with a lot of players that play his style. Cam Nori, one of them just he's going for way bigger shots, Mm -hmm. way quicker in rallies. Uh, I think he's, he's just smashing his forehand through opponents. I mean, that was so evident against Jensen who was just giving him, uh, he was giving him some short balls, but also like RBA, RBA had to turn up the aggression on his, his side because Tommy was, was really blasting him off the court for a set and a half and then RBA had to come back and say, okay, well now I have to go, I have to go for a low percentage shot. I have to go for fine margins. Uh, So that's what he makes you do. He makes you do that because, Mm -hmm. Your, your arsenal doesn't necessarily work against his amazing defense and then uh, and he turns it around and just puts you on the back foot in rallies but i also like speaking of hating like rba i mean i i i mean who who hasn't beaten rba at this point like i, I don't i don't know what what he's done to garner this respect if i go on a quick rba rant for a mm. second i know that's not really the, the target audience reached here but you look back at his his track record in Grand Slams, and a hundred percent, right? Twenty nineteen made Wimbledon semis. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, beat Novak at a Masters, like god tier level from from RBA. Had a future on him to win the U.S. Open. That's how well he was playing. He was top ten, right? All, hands down, yeah. great player, world class player, one of the best players in the world. That was the last time. Twenty nineteen was the last time until yeah, uh, he beat uh, the uh, the corpse of uh, who did he even beat? I forget. Andy to, Murray. The American, right? He beat Murray after Oh, he after beat Brandon, Andy Murray. Right, he beat the corpse a... of Andy Murray. Right, right, right. Um, until that, he had not gotten past the third round of a Grand Slam since 2019. I know that we laud this guy for, like, his class and his demeanor and his consistency. But, like, this guy just consistently is getting rocked in slams, like, by much better players. So, he got lucky, frankly, to, to face Murray. And I got some heat because I was taking Berrettini to win this quarter. But I'll tell you what, if Berrettini doesn't brick that backhand into the net <laughs> on Max yeah. point. Maratini smokes RBA, smokes Kokonakis. This guy's in the semis easy. Yeah, but that but that um, is. So tennis. Like, I mean, I, I, RBA but, but the point is RBA shouldn't even be here, right? He should not even be in the position to play Tommy Paul for a spot in the quarters. Well, I mean and
0: that's my point. I, look, he, that's that's my point on yeah. the middle tier is also the generation past before we get to this stuff was very, very consistent too. And we talked about the big three, and we talked about that. But you could also make a case that guys like Momfies. Obviously stands up there, but Ferrer—they kept consistently churning out matches. I think this is going to be the new normal, is what I'm saying. Is that there will be openings in the draw, and that's what I wanted to hammer home about these Americans. While this is great, and I'm buying the stock long term of Corda, of Shelton certainly, and of Tommy Paul, this is a real opportunity.
1: Yeah, and my no, point I, I being, I agree with you. I
0: think RBA getting here. While I agree, it wasn't—he hasn't done much in the last four years in Grand Slams somebody has to be at this point and upsets happen. They happened historically. We got kind of, you know, hypnotized by the fact, mesmerized by what we've seen in the last generation. We're back to the new normal, which is what it used to be.
1: Right. And I mean, like, again, like some of it has to do with, I, I mean, Rafa could easily be written off at this point. Um, you know, he, he might have one more run, more slam in him, but like, you know, that that factors in, and then you know, Curios pulling out like some, uh, you know, the, the the Netflix upsets early. I, I I do I do think that yes, we will see more parody in the game, and it's awesome, and I think that the level now that the, of the top 50 like a lot of these guys you know even even you see guys rank 35 40 in the world who yeah. like easily could like Dan Evans like you know that yeah. guy could easily be a top 20 like you know if there were a few less talented players right. out there uh something broke right for him, and and the drop broke right for Ben Shelton here right but yeah I mean I don't know I, I do feel like we are going to start – we also don't have Carlos here. Yeah. We are going to start to see – I think Carlos is going to really ins- assert his dominance over the tour. I think Novak is going to continue to dominate for three years. So while we might see some fun stories like this of, hey, you know, Raleo Pelka made the semis or, yeah. you know, whatever, I don't know about winning slams. No, and, and, like, and that's,
0: a, that's a great point because we look at a guy like Daniil Medvedev who is down a little bit now. And, and you could argue the flip side of that. Is he down or did he – take advantage Did he overachieve when there was an opening. And that's, what's so fun about sports and fascinating here is are these guys overachieving in this moment or are they going to be mainstay? And, and you know, we can make our predictions. Some look stronger than others, but you don't know. And that's, what's, what's so fun about this. I do need to get your thoughts though, before we move on from the Americans on Sebi Corda because we're both high on his potential long-term, what he did to get to this quarterfinal matchup with Karen Hatchinoff was go through Daniil Medvedev and go through Hubie Hirkosh. And the Hubi match was great. One of the best match points you'll see in a super tie break. What I wanted to get to was he's always had, some would say a little bit of nerviness in his game about kind of getting a little uneven at big points, up a couple breaks even in the Medvedev match, big lead in the Hubie tie break. But I would counter that with a lot of tennis players because it's such a hard game, could be nervy at moments. And I've gotten a greater appreciation, Kenny, for who Sebi is as a player, how aggressive he is and comfortable he is being aggressive in big moments. I think Nervy might be the wrong word. He's honing in some of that uneven play while still maintaining his identity, and I think he strikes the ball just as good as anyone.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think that going for, you know, just, just hitting winners past Medvedev, right. And stunning him and figuring out the forehand, improving the serve. Like mm-hmm. there's been a lot of work done with Sebi. And I think that we're really seeing it pay off here. Uh, look, I mean, tennis is a weird sport like that. You know, you have guys that are obviously nails under pressure, mm-hmm. Djokovic, all rarely make errors um, that, you know, down break point that, yeah. that are uncharacteristic and, You know, maybe it's an unfair precedent. I I look back to the Runa Rublev match, a guy like Rublev, and I've seen him do this now for a couple of years. You've seen him double fault uh, down break point, right? You've seen obviously the second serve come back to bite him, and you've seen him, I mean, he made that weird smash error. No, that's such a good point. Also, also though, he is like, he plays incredibly well under pressure. Uh, You know, we've seen it time and time again late in matches, late in Grand Slam matches. And I know he lost to Chilic on the clay, Chilic on the clay, and like, Maybe you can't say it about the French, but hardcourt slams anyway, you know aside from from foe uh, having his number and medvedev always taking him out like he's uh he, he pretty much bears down in those fifth sets. i was looking at his deciding set record mm-hmm. it's unbelievable his tiebreak record is great um his deciding set tiebreak record even is very good so that's a guy that the perception is like oh i've seen him make a couple of bad mistakes i've mm-hmm. seen him make some errors i think he's not good under pressure then you look at the numbers and you're like well maybe this guy just knows how to win yeah that could be seb right like that could that could be sort of, you know, I don't think you have to be perfect every time under pressure to be a good pressure player. And maybe that's who he becomes, uh, or at least who he is now. Maybe he becomes like Djokovic in that way where he doesn't make a ton of mistakes late. But like, I think any player on tour, not name novak that you want to say is good under pressure that doesn't make mistakes even cam nori right <laughs> yeah. uh dan, dan evans is actually one of the best players yeah. down break point Matteo Berrettini. these guys all make mental errors so yeah. it, i don't think it, maybe it's fair to, yeah. to not mm-hmm. say sebi is a, a good player under pressure because yeah. he's choked a couple of leads away because who hasn't you yeah, know yeah. and like that's the thing for sure it's hard to point to anybody on tour right now who's mm-hmm. not doing that and on the flip side the way he's able to reset mentally right and there and, and that way reminds me of Berrettini, yeah. like who's one of the strongest mental players on tour, the, just going to the next mm-hmm. point, forgetting about what just happened. That's what he's really right. good at. So that is a strength. That is a mental advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think he has that. And mm-hmm. with that, like with that type of champion mm-hmm. mindset, you felt it mm-hmm. in, in that Medvedev match. You just felt the belief. You felt that mm-hmm. he knows now, like he knows maybe this is his fate to win the Australian open. I think he's right there mentally. And obviously we know he has the physical cools. He's tall. He's probably going to add some miles an hour to the serve eventually and the forehand looks much better like he's he could he has a the highest potential I think out of anybody maybe Ben Shelton can join him in that class but I think certainly he can yeah. he's going to be a slam winner.
0: Great point on Rublev. We've you know taken for granted how good he's been in deciders. He has though had mental blips and he's honed it in a lot better way while maintaining his aggressiveness that's gotten him this far in his career. And I was more impressed with Sebby Coming back after blowing that break lead a couple times against Medvedev, outplaying him. Yeah, he was letting a break in the and, first. And sometimes, and look, sometimes that's credit to the other guy. Medvedev raises level. Like we can't just say, "Oh, what happened? You blew break lead." Like these are world class tennis players. You know, yeah. sometimes you have to take that into account. But I, I'm with you. I think Sebi is the one at this moment that has the greatest potential right now in this time capsule. We'll see what happens in the next match. But I'm just, I'm, I'm a fan of his game and where it goes. More with Kenny Ducey here on Tennis Channel Inside In, talking 2023 Aussie Open into the quarterfinal round. And as much praise, deservedly so, as we gave the Americans, I do want to be clear, this tournament still has an alpha in it, and his name is Novak Djokovic. Uh, Dismantles Alex Demonar last night in their first career meeting uh, in about two hours of play, straight sets, low set lines. Zero ground stroke winners for Demonar, zero break points faced for Djokovic. And it was exactly what he needs, too, quite frankly. Like, less energy on the body. I know the hurt narrative is is getting some debate. Djokovic doesn't like how he's being portrayed. But the fact remains, he got in and out, and he put in a very quick day of work. He's into another quarterfinal round, and he is 100% the favorite and deservedly so. So here's no way, as we all just expected, kind of, Kenny, rounding into form week two of a slam.
1: Yeah, and I think... We look back at it now. Right. And it seemed like he was on this treacherous path. And now looking back, he hasn't dropped, he's dropped one set and it was to Enzo Cuoco and it was a tight tiebreak And that was also in the midst of that was the only time he's looked seriously injured and you know at at first i'm watching him play he's trying to push off on the hamstring he you know it's hurting him he's hopping uh he's not moving well i was incredibly concerned about him at that moment in time i think everyone was because the odds on him winning started to drift uh and and it was it was like a, a it was as the minutes went on in that match, he started to drift further and further as he's still the favorite, but the the price was, was changing. And I think everyone was worried and commentators kind of said oh you know he, he seems to be reaching for the you know he, he brought out uh, scissors with him and uh, when he when he got wrapped and they were, they were touching the wrap and they're like oh he might not be it looks like he might not be happy with the way that they wrapped the hamstring and my you know my dumbass. i don't know if <laughs> Sorry, i allowed to right, say dumbass, but oh. like i'm sitting here i'm like what the heck <laughs> like there's no way that it had anything to do with how they wrapped his hamstring this yeah. dude's hamstring is shot he must have tore one of the ligaments like It's got to be, it's got to be done. Like he's cooked. He doesn't look good enough to win. I'm picturing him playing Holger Runa, you know, (laughs) Andre Rublev, whatever. I'm like, oh my goodness, like down the road, like there's going to be some tough matches. Imagine this guy has to face Felix or Med, like his was lab at the time. And then like, he just goes back, gets it taped again. And he has, he's been fine ever since. So maybe it was just like, they didn't tape his hamstring tight enough for that second set against Cuoco that he almost won, by the way, on like one leg. And yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe yep. he's fine. I think he is, and he always does this, right? We always go through this with Novak at Grand Slams. We've gone through it with so many injuries, the the abdominal when he almost lost to Taylor Fritz here. Um, it, you know, he just he always like I think there was also like one time he just looked like he might have been sick for the first like. There's always something going on with him mm. that you question, like maybe he is he really gonna win it? And then he just does he just anyway, does, like yeah. all the time. So I, yeah, I think he's gonna win this tournament. I think he should beat Rublev um, as much as we just said all those nice things about Rublev and I think you know maybe he can make it uh, a match maybe he could take a set you also look back the fact that the only time he ever beat him was on the clay and it was in the midst of like it was one of Djokovic's first matches back last year um so yeah I mean it's it's just fascinating to me how he can continue to be so good and how because he didn't play a lot last year everyone just sort of assumes that then changing the guard that happened everyone was was saw carlos win oh well now this is the new normal now we're going to get a lot of new champions novak is not going to win slams anymore There is nothing here indicating that Novak is not going to win like five more slams. And at which point, I think we were talking about this on a Twitter spaces. Maybe he goes, okay, maybe I don't care anymore, but he wants to break that record and he is good enough to do it right now. There is no difference between the Novak joke, which we're seeing right now, the Novak joke, (laughs) which we've seen over the last year. Absolutely no difference between that Novak and the Novak we've seen for his whole career. If well, not, I mean, this could be I the would, best version, yeah. frankly. Well,
0: I would say to that last point, the difference being he's maybe not as, I mean, it's hard to say, maybe not as full on spry as he used to be. But smarter it's the it's the classic veterans learning yeah, so much more right He's so the dominance his is the same the dominance Correct. is the same it's just yes. different. yeah
1: he there is no there's i mean he yeah. could easily like win a calendar slam this year if he if you wanted to oh, and, and,
0: easily yeah that that's that's a lot of mental pressure too but, but well I think to be
1: fair it's easier than it has been in years past true. because this is the one this is like the i know i want to say the first rolling arrows because we said it the last yeah. two rolling Garros, yeah. but man like there's a lot of questions about the doll right so, now right and and clearly we we've seen there's there's yeah. pretty much only one guy who's ever going to beat Rafa at Roland Garros and it's Novak. Yeah. So in that sense, Wimbledon, right? He's he he came back last year he was dominant at Wimbledon, he's been dominant on the hard courts and if he could, you know, yeah, but the the bottom line being like his reign is not over by a long no. shot. And uh, he wants to so, and
0: he wants to clear he wants to clear that that record, not just break it. He wants to put some distance between the doll at 22 slams. Nobody knows their body probably in sports better than this guy. And I would be right there with you thinking like, wow, what's going to happen here. I just kept harking back to two Aussie opens ago has the injury against Taylor Fritz late night match, empty stadium. He guts through that one. And then by the finals and semis, Karatsev and Medvedev, he's fine. Straight sets, straight sets champion. So he does round into form, even round through injuries as good as any. You remember match.
1: that the yeah. Rounich match, remember that? Everyone was like, oh Milos Milos was what, like 0 and fourteen against Novak? Yeah. And like, well this this, this everyone's back on him because it's a injury and, like, oh, Z- this is the year.
0: And Zverev gave him a match too and uh he just fought through that, which was actually a pretty competitive one. I and I don't want to just put down after we just talk so highly and glowingly of the next generation that does seem like you're just talking to yourself, is there any way that he loses this Grand Slam outside of injury? Who has who has the game? Who has the consistency in five sets at this moment in time to beat him? And we're looking through, and I think maybe the only one I would say would be Sitsipas, and that's the no, only one.
1: The only person is Karen Hatchinoff. I don't know what you have to do, what this man has to do to garner more respect from you, Mitch, and from the rest of the world. Yeah, hey, I've never but been this is this is guy. clearly, like without a doubt, clearly the second best player left in the draw, 100%. If I can't Novak go, doesn't I, win it, can not think that, that far. Karen wins it? Absolutely, you can go that far. I've just watched this guy play; he's playing absolutely ridiculous. And look, I know that you know. You, I say this all the time when we talk about handicapping tennis, and I, and I go through tennis picks. And you can always make excuses for wins all the time. Mm-hmm. And the, you, the way that you, the way that you can truly predict the outcome, and it's a very unpredictable sport. Of course, you have to figure out. You have to be able to tell what form is fool's gold and what form is. It, it is truly good and avoid tricks. And, and in that sense, right, you can go through every single one of Hatchinov's matches, every single one of his wins, frankly, over the last like two years. You go through everyone. And And I did this for a while with Casper right? Because I didn't want to believe that Casper was a good hardcore player. Oh, well, this guy, you know, ah, he kind of lost a couple of matches. This guy lost to world number 150 the week before. Like, I don't know. You go through win-by-win. Win. You go, okay, it's about the Morales clay court guy. Kubler, how good really is Kubler, right? Probably not that good. Yeah. Tiapo okay, well, maybe he made a lot of errors. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he wasn't playing a refined game. could have right? won, right? Oh, he could have won. Nishioka, who, you know, I mean, I know we know who Nishioka is. Not a household name. Doesn't have a lot of power. Maybe you look at the scoreline and you figure, oh, maybe he wanted the coffee. He couldn't get his coffee, and then he tanked the match. This guy tried so hard the whole match, and he won six games. And, mind you, the last time they played, he won in straight sets. I, like I, you know, I, if you just watch this guy play, like, and I, wa- I've watched full matches of his over the last five months. He is, I mean, it is hard to beat this guy. And even against Djokovic early season last year, he gave him a fight, and he's given Djokovic. A fight now on the last two occasions he's just hitting winners from all over the court he's serving so well it's just it just feels okay. impossible to beat this guy he's not letting up his level and we haven't seen him do this since he won paris and mm-hmm. i just look i just it you it, the eye test would tell I'm, you that this guy is the second best I'm, player in the draw right now
0: i'm a believer in what he does and I was one of the few I would argue that gave him a real chance going into that Kyrios match when everyone was high on Nick going to win his Grand Slam in the U.S. Open. And I
1: gave him no shot, hundred percent.
0: And I don't I want this to be about him when I say this, but I mean, you think the Sitsapas Center was that fool's goal? That was one of the highest quality matches of the tournament, in my opinion, in how they played. And in Australia, in Australia, this past you know, yeah. two nights ago, and I would say that you know Sitsapas oh, five. Yeah, I
1: thought you meant the, I thought you meant no, last no, year. No, yeah, no, you know, no that no. was a good match too.
0: Sitsapas and hatching off 5-0 head-to-head like I'm not I'm not saying hatching yeah. off his fool's golden that he deserves to be look it's a tough match for Sebi and I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't want to put my bias on the line here by saying that I think Korda will win but I don't know that he will that said I would put, I would put in this tournament at this moment as the one guy that might be able to do it but I'm not picking against Djokovic at the moment. That that's just not. No, I, I
1: I agree. I think yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think Novak's going to win, and that's certainly a damning head-to-head for Karen, right? 5-0. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. overcome these head-to-heads uh, plenty of times over yeah. the last five months. Like, and no, I, he's and a I think fighter. Just goes-
0: I, I love how he scraps out there too. Is that he will? Right. And I mean, this glowingly mix it up, figure out a way, grind it out. We even saw it in matches that weren't going his way last year. Nadal he plays two of the worst sets of his career, wins the third set, gives him a tight fourth set. So. I love that. I
1: also just think, like, I think when you look at head-to-head, and, and I, I said it last night with Bob and Tommy, right? This is – the man that we are seeing right now is not the man that we saw for three years. Okay. Like, and, yeah. I, and I think that also on the other side of the matchup, you, again, you see with RBA and maybe pause, there is a tendency to overlook your opponent. Okay, well, I've kind of owned this guy. I know what his game is. You're not really watching tape. You're not really following that closely. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's playing – at so much higher of a level than i've ever seen him play before and it's it, it can t- it's mm-hmm. you can stun you right and yeah. i don't know i i could see that happening to steph I, I i mean look i agree with you that probably he probably beats karen but i think that is a tendency to be a really tricky match for steph um jokovic right. is i think without a doubt making it to the final at this point with <laughs> no no disrespect because no, i know i know. You know obviously no disrespect we talked him up for 10 minutes but no disrespect to ben shelton and tommy paul and Andrew Rublev, frankly. Like, and we've talked this, about this all of them be...
0: except for Yuri Oheka, so I want to get him in there. We have four first-time quarterfinalists, first time since RG 2005, three Americans, and our guy Yuri, who's on the run of his life.
1: Your guy here. I'm not my guy. I don't, I think, I think he's, I think he's good. And I'm going to, I'm obviously going to be careful not to make the same mistake. I just said, I, I, people make with, uh, with, with making excuses for wins, but I did watch his last two matches. And while he had these, these amazing spurts of brilliance, he can go up for like, he can get so hot for like three games. He Mm could just go off, um, play perfect crush winners serve yeah. well he has talent obviously okay. but yeah. the, the on the whole the totality of the match to me like he 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 was gifted so many uh, errors so many opportunities like cam nori played one of the sloppiest matches I've seen Cam Nori play. And that was from two sets to one up also. And, and same thing with Felix. Like it looked like 2019 Felix out there. He was making so many errors. So mm-hmm. I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Yuri. I think he, is building a lot of confidence really quickly right now, but I still think he has okay. a long way to go before he's able to compete in a match like this. So I think it's going to be pretty, I think it's going to be pretty one sided. Um, even though again, he did take that first set off of City Pass in Rotterdam, but that was also that's like a weird time of the year, right? Like City Pass has had, mm-hmm. I, I saw City Pass lose to Alias Bedene at Rotterdam <laughs> once. Like uh, it's not, you know, yeah. it's a weird time of the year where you're before the big slams on hard courts, you're just, he, that's a time where Steph is like trying to usually figure out like he tries out some new parts of his game. I mean, he's struggled against Igor Grasimov, but got plenty of guys at that, at that specific tournament. Anyway, all, the, all that being said, yeah, I think Yuri has a lot of talent, and I would be excited to see what happens if he can okay. put it all together. And mm. maybe he does in this match, mm. but to me, I still see too many inconsistencies in his game for, for him to warrant us waxing and poetic about him for five minutes like okay. we did some of the other guys that have had yeah. brilliant, brilliant runs yeah. here. And one guy we really didn't talk about a lot either. I know we sort of did briefly, but I do want to point out that to me, and I want to ask you this question because Gil, our friend Gil, said uh, Gil Gross said that he he thought on Twitter, he thought that the guy with the best resume in terms of who he's beaten at this tournament was Yuri Hetschka, which, yeah, you know,
0: George, Cam, and Felix. Names. George, Cam, and to Felix. To
1: me now, at this point, now that he's played four matches, to me, Rublev is the guy that has played the toughest schedule to me, uh, it's, beating it's, Holger good. Runa. It's,
0: it's a fair Holger one, Runa,
1: Dan Evans, Emil Russovori and Dominic team. And I know Dominic team's not quite the same player, but I mean that he still played a pretty competitive match to me. And that was still a, a t- mm-hmm. it was a tough, tough match in the heat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think that to me is like, I mean, I, I would put those four guys up against most, most players on uh you know any other any other players for yeah. that they've beaten to me so I, I think that he's had the toughest road and hats off to andre for for only dropping three sets along that road
0: love how honest he is saying no one wants to see novak who he sees next round in the post match interview I'd, I'd split the difference you're right if we're talking four but if we're talking three george felix and cam is good work if you can get it so uh but again we'll see we're in the quarterfinals. Kenny Ducey here on Tennis Channel Inside In. I want to spend the last 10 minutes or so talking about the women's game and uh, the unpredictability in that one with Igas Fiontech and Coco Goff going out within about an hour of each other. They go down out in the fourth round, and suddenly the draw opens up. Caroline Garcia also out. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking the players that we mentioned off the top that I mentioned that went out early, they lose respectively to Rabacana, Wimbledon champ last year. And Ostapenko, former Roland Garros champ, many years ago, but still a very streaky shooter. I'll use a metaphor from another another sport that when Yelena Ostapenko's firing Kenny, she's very dangerous. She can dictate pace against the best of them. And and I guess I'll group in Ravakana. She really does take the racket out of an opponent's hand, even the number one player in the world.
1: Yeah. And I think similarly, like the, the player that I, I'm excited to talk about, we can talk about her in a second, but. Very similar to the run Carolina Pushko has had, where just hitting, you can just, if you can hit players off the court and you, know, you, and you get hot, you're going to be one of the toughest players, if not the toughest player in the world to beat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Rebakina, as you said, continues to get no respect. Um, she was a huge underdog in that match against Sviatek. I think we saw the cracks uh, in Sviatek over the last really over the last month, but over the last like three months, she just hasn't been quite as sharp as she was when she, what I don't even remember how many matches she ended up winning in, in a row. Was it was like 42 or something last year. It was insane. She just hasn't had that same level of dominance. That's why coming into this tournament, I thought Coco had a, a pretty good shot at winning or, or Pagula, frankly, because Jess had just beaten yeah. Sviatek at the United cup. So, you know, I'm not totally surprised to see her bow out. I'm also not surprised to see her bow out. To someone who can just hit through her. Like obviously, you know she's renowned for her defense because not a lot of players
0: That's the thing, right? have a
1: big enough game to have to hit through her, right? Cause, yeah. And she's cuz she's really fast, but I mean, you know, you run into someone like Rubacina who has all-world power who could just serve and and forehand you off the court it'll happen mm. you know it doesn't matter how good you are on defense and and Sviatek hasn't you know necessarily been dominant on serve right like she you know it's it's not like she um, is holding at a super high rate against these these top 20 mm. players so um, yeah I think that that is that it, 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 we'll see what happens this year but that's an interesting storyline developing that maybe I didn't feel like we were going to have a new world number one for like 10 years and now it feels like maybe we could even have one this year you know depending on who wins the Australian Open right I mean if just what if Jess does obviously we're we're we're, we're in the driver's seat. But yeah. yeah, I mean it's uh I do want to shout out Carolina Pushkova though, because I think I wouldn't say it's a feel good story because I don't know if she has a lot of fans, but I, I will just <laughs> I say like Former number one in the yeah. world, uh, obviously. I remember watching her breakout at the U.S. Open. She's got so much talent. She went to the Wimbledon final in 2020. It took a set off Ash Barty, which is not easy to do, especially on grass. And yeah, I mean, she's she's she had a, a terrible season last year, 21 and 21, to the point where I was puzzled as to how she was in the top 30 or, or just outside of top 30 to start this tournament. But yeah, I mean, it looks like she's back, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's she's had some pretty yeah pretty good wins. I, I mean, she she just hit hit the hit zang off the court which i thought was was impressive and uh putin save also is is not an easy out 6075 in that one you know she's got just as good a chance as anybody i think remaining i mean I, I didn't I thought that Magdalena was impressive but I also thought Carolina just made too many errors in in sort of a return to who she's been. Azarenka is going to be tough but I think Pagula is probably the best player remaining in the draw right now. Mm. Or I mean ranking wise she certainly is and she's I mean she's well, just been she's been pretty comfortable.
0: I would I would uh just like to add with Pliskova. I think she's clearly the most accomplished player on the WTA that hasn't won a major. One of the best careers that we've seen that hasn't won one, so there is that. Yeah. There is that part of it being consistent matters. As far as ego losing to Rabakina, I almost don't even group that in with like a, a struggling. What's wrong? Rabakina has game, and yeah. you know she fell into the same thing that that happens because it's so hard to win that Grand Slam, and then there's the letdown that comes with the next couple months of being a first time champion. We've seen it with all these players. Uh, so, so I would agree with a lot of what you said. I think that Sablanka is one that in the draw is opening up for her, though she does have Donna Vekic who owns that five-to-one head-to-head against her. Sabalenka's kind of been reining it in, which we've which we mentioned. The service problems have gone away. We know the game's been there. And the path, I guess it's, I guess it's, what it's coming down to, Kenny, is when you're consistent, you give yourself more, more and more opportunities. And sometimes luck, a lot of times luck plays into this, that maybe the draw opens up. Ega gets knocked out. The fact that you can consistently make deep runs, it's how a lot of these players get their maybe only Grand Slam opportunity is when they're giving themselves the most chances. I would say Pliskova is a great call. Slipping under the radar, has the experience here. Also, 100% agree with you. Jesse Pagula is the best player left in this tournament. With Iga out, with Coco out on her side, this match with Azarenka, a two-time champ, could be very, very indicative of who is not only in the final, but hosting this tournament. So I have my eyes on that one.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I to me, I, I think, first of all, just to the to the Rabakina point against Fiatak, she... The, the odds makers implied that she had a 25% chance to win that match, which I think is, is I mean, I, I, she won Wimbledon. I'm not, I'm not shocked that she won that match, but I think. Just based on that, it is. We have to call it an upset, and it, you know, it's it is. I mean, it was a pretty huge win, uh, and especially to do that in straight sets. The 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 applied odds on her doing that in straight sets were probably mm-hmm. like five percent, right? Yeah. Um, but with that said, yeah, I mean, I, I think that as a ranker, at this point in her career, um, I think I think Pagula has too much for. Her. I think you're right about the winner of that. I think Pagula goes to the final at this point, and on the other side of the draw, like. Pliskova should, should win in straights over Magda. And I think, I think this, the match that I'm really looking forward to watching the most, and I think the match that's going to tell me the most is this uh, like, five one head to vekic Sabalenka match. 5-1 head-to-head is
0: crazy, right? Like I, I was doing a double take and, and I know she beat her in San Diego. There's a little tension there. Uh, shout out to our own Pam Shriver has been working with Donna Vekic. That is going to be a fun one. And you know, we saw Sabalenka, if Sabalenka does get through Vekic, Sabalenka so Pliskova was a heck of a Wimbledon semifinal year ago, or two yeah. years
1: ago. Yeah. Oh, no, and, so. and it was, and I think that would be a a, a banger as well, mm-hmm. right? And and by the way, the Pliskova the net had to head seven to two, uh, Pliskova. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at this, that that is going to play a factor. That's one reason I'm excited for it. But just also, we obviously know Donna Vekic has a lot of talent, a former uh, top twenty five player, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's. Uh, I'm also like wondering because Sabalenka came so close at the U.S. Open and nerves got the best of her, yeah. which we didn't expect because it seemed like she was over the yips. It was, you know, she she had kind of honed them in. So I'm interested to see how she handles this situation, especially with the draw open. The, the, there's going to be a lot working against her mentally, knowing that she can make the final here. Also knowing that her opponents beat her five out of six <laughs> times. So this is going to tell mm-hmm. us a lot about Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. And to that point, Sabalenka has... I think the most talent of anybody remaining. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like Jess. Jess is very good at tennis, but I think that she doesn't have like raw talent like Sabalenka does. She's just very, she's very smart, I mean, very yeah. good counterpuncher. I mean, she, you know, obviously she gets the ball hard, but. Sabalenka has the best I think the most talent of anybody so how she handles that match is going to tell me a lot if she's able to come through quickly and easily Mm -hmm. I think she probably wins this tournament frankly um but if she struggles and I think she could easily struggle I think you're you're right that we're probably looking at Pogula winning although maybe Vekic has a chance here you know and that's that's what that's really my my large larger point is that like what if we just have a Top twenty. What, what if she's back at that level right now? It's, it sure seems like she is, right?
0: Yeah, and maybe this this goes back to my overarching theme with women's tennis and betting on it is just wait till the second week to to look at your future odds <laughs> and championship odds because there's still great value here on some of these players to go all the way if you like them. I also love the fact that we had these upsets, right? Ega's out, Coco's out, Garcia's out, and yet we still have at least half the field. Maybe you could even argue more four or five of these names that if they won. It wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, what is, who is this person they won. We've got some pretty high-quality top-end talent. So I guess that's, that was the middle ground I was hoping for, Kenny, was that we have upsets, we have some, some drama, some parity, but it's not the complete unknown. It's not the flash in the pan. No, no disrespect to any of these women because I guess, Lynn, that would be the only one you would say. The other seven are legit players that have been around and been making moves. So props to them, and I do think we have you know, quite a few that can actually win this thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I, that's, that's the cool thing is it's, I can't, i coming into this tournament. I sort of said this, that it's a, it's a return to where we were two years ago, where it's like the men's draw, like last year, it felt like the women's draw was closed every time because mm-hmm. Sviatek was going to win a, every tournament. And then the men's side seemed open because we didn't have Novak in two tournaments. Rafa was being Rafa and being weird. And like, we didn't know if he was injured or not going to Roller Garros. Like, and then obviously we got a first-time slam winner in carlos it's sort of a return to like the 2020 2019 2018 situation where the, the women's side is wild we have no idea who's going to win and on the men's side we just kind of feel pretty good about novak winning again <laughs> yeah. so i don't think that's how it's going to be over the next few years yeah. i think that we're going to see a lot of parody on the men's side and maybe parody on the women's side but it, it is kind of like refreshing to see that again though like that sometimes some things don't change you know like yeah. i don't know it's 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 a throwback now uh-huh. like i i feel like we got a little too crazy with the parody in the men's game with like francis tiafoe could win the australian open like yeah he has a lot of talent but like let's just like remember that it is very hard to do that seven with, matches back and draw the expectations <laughs> yeah. on some of these guys are like getting out of hand. so not to go back to the men's side but yeah that was something i wanted to say was mm-hmm. like to, going into the tournament the amount of dms i was getting about like the, the real chances fritz and tiafoe had mm-hmm. to win this tournament and like oh yeah he could beat medvedev he could beat Djokovic, like you know i look i don't even think medvedev's that good but like still like that's a hard match you know um yeah. so uh-huh. yeah it's uh it's and we gotta pump the brakes a little bit we but know. it is fun it is fun that the hype machine is finally working we're finally reaching people with with all this hype about all these american tennis players jess pakula included and maybe she wins the australian open and maybe maybe we capitalize on one of those
0: We've got a life-changing opportunity on both draws. Djokovic could just add to his immortal legacy, but uh, still plenty of opportunity on the men's and women's side. So we're waiting to see how it happens. Quarterfinals start tonight. Uh, Kenny Ducey, this has been a blast. I know you're looking forward to staying up all night and you know making some picks. And we could <laughs> see, we could see an opportunity for uh, some of these players a uh, hatching off uh, a court on the men's side. Donna Vekic on the other side. Pliskova gets her first major. The possibilities are endless. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, always a blast breaking down the Australian Open with you and uh, trying to uh, make some profits while we do it.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me again on this bonus episode. <laughs> and I'll maybe I'll see you on Twitter Spaces, maybe not. Uh, maybe. But you know, it'll it'll uh, it, it's definitely going to be a fun second week of this tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'll have stuff up on Action Network patreon.com slash Kenny Ducey and then yeah covering the covering the business of tennis a little bit at boardroom over the last couple of years that's been fun and just wrote uh, just wrote something up about all the money that Ben Shelton can make because that's another underrated Mm -hmm. story is that He didn't, he he has like no money and now he has a lot of money and this is kind of cool. Now he's, now he's this, this kid with money. So now he can travel outside the United States. Now he can pay to go play in some of these tournaments. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do that before. I would
0: say it's cool to go from no money to having money. I think that's a good thing. I would agree. (laughs) Kenny Ducey. Thanks for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That was Kenny Ducey on Tennis Channel Inside In. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Go to tennis.com slash podcast. We will be back in a few days with another episode of Inside In. Big guests on the way. Don't miss that. We are on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. For Kenny Ducey, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. Thanks for listening and enjoy the 2023 Australian Open.